going on guys it's a rainy southern afternoon here in the Kakalaki um, I don't know if you can even hear the rain from where you're at but uh, there's definitely a pretty good storm coming through here just modest rain nothing too crazy so it's kind of like a nice little ASMR like type of rain it's the type that I would just go sleep to especially now that I just got done with my workout drunk a protein shake and busted out a few reps today and I'm sitting here I'm like man I'm actually kind of tired didn't get much sleep last night but uh here we are recording the old podcasty here so I told you guys that I was planning on doing another discography deep dive or deep dive discography whatever way I, I like to say it it's either way and uh we're going to do it on Mr. Casper McWade right so a little background information about Mr. McWade He's uh, currently located in Shawnee, Oklahoma. His band name is the Honky Tonk Rebels, which is kind of a cool little shout-out to like the Outlaw Rebels back in the day. And they are a five-piece band. They are focused on doing music their way, which they believe is the right way for country music. So trying to eliminate all the additional you know, crap the Nashville way now. And he was born in a family who was frequently around country and gospel music. His mother was actually a gospel singer in a gospel group. And his grandma was actually a songwriter, which is really cool. So he got some of his songwriting talents from his grandma. While he probably got, you know, just general singing from his mom. And he said that Waylon and Bob Willis were the two motivational factors for him in country music. I will say once we get to one of his tracks later on, you will really see the Waylon in him and how Waylon's influenced him through his life. So we're going to go ahead and start with his EP. It's called Honky Tonks and Broken Hearts in 2010. This is his first ever release in regards to music. Um, the first song is called Whiskey. And if you know anything about a song named Whiskey from an artist that is neo-traditional, I think of my boy Cody Jinks, right? He released the song in the Wanting album, which was part of the double release. You had After the Fire and The Wanting, The Wanting being the second album. After the Fire came out first. And Whiskey's always been one of those really smooth country songs. And I honestly, I won't even lie to you, I had no clue that Casper wrote this or Mr. McWade, whatever way that. You would, I would probably refer him in the respectful Mr. McWade. Um, I didn't have no clue he wrote this song. And this version sounds like it was recorded like in the back room of a bar or a honky-tonk, which gives it that nice, smooth atmosphere. Um, it's just a very nice song, especially about having to deal with life in general. And other people enjoying life and getting through life perfectly fine while you're sitting there having a hard time. And, of course, whiskey may not be your drug or your way to relax and do things and unwind. But it's a good correlation so you could replace whiskey with whatever way that you deal with your stresses in life. So these old lights. So you can actually feel like the emotion and the strumming of the song to me. Like it has like a soulful strumming of the guitar. And there's also not too much background instrumentals so it's almost like it's like an unplugged version and i would say majority of this album feels like that it has that acoustic version like feel to it right there's not too much going on it's a very simple and clean smoothing album it's very throwbackish and uh 
honestly, I was very surprised in how smooth and how great the album was early on because most artists, when they release something early, they really haven't defined their sound or who they are. And I know Mr. McWade has said that his new news, if you haven't heard, is he's going to Sonic Ranch, which is an amazing place to record, and record a new album. And he said that previous albums, he's not really had the uh, ability to customize and do things the way that he truly wants. I'm really looking forward to this new album, and we will get onto that in a little bit once we get through all the uh, the music that we have to go through. Because there's not as much as Josh Turner by any means, but hey, there's still a good amount. And I actually had a lot more analysis in this one because I actually had time to think and not have to be like, this song, this song's good, this song's good, because I can take my time, because there's not so much to go through. So the next song is Tell Me Everything's Alright, right? Um, this is a song, it seems like, a, again, it's very raw with strumming about a love, essentially asking, you know, if you even cared, or if I left today, would it even matter? Would, would you hurt or anything? So that's a really cool theme, and honestly, there's a lot of songs that follow this this theme, but this song really encompasses it in a raw feeling and just feels like you it's actually something that you wrote for your sweetheart and you're like strumming your heart out telling her man like listen do you even care about me anymore are you can we talk about this is everything actually okay or are you just telling me it's okay i'll try is the next track it's a beautiful song with amazing vocals about dealing with a Fairly new heartbreak, which is raw on this heart, so you can view it from either Casper slash Mr. McWade's standpoint, or you could view it upon yourself, which most country music, I would say, is you put yourself in that song. You don't think of all the artists is hurting. They synthesize with this man. I put myself in there and be like, yo, this is me. You know what I'm saying? You, like, replace yourself. But either way... You feel this 100%, and man, it's very killer. I would enjoy this track multiple times over and over, and I listened to this this album probably around four to five times when I was going through it, right? Cheatin' Dove, so this is a live version that's on a radio station. Essentially, it's a song about, you know, the lady cheating on him, and he's talking about, you know, how he's not really standing up for it. You know, he ain't, he, he ain't about that. And uh, this is actually at a radio station, recorded at a radio station, which kind of just, I feel like it full circles this album, right? It starts like very unplugged raw, and it ends up that way. There's no change, and that no change is amazing, and it makes this album feel very complete, which is, like I said, astonishing for a very early album because you don't really see that kind of like continuity, right, in an album. That early, most early albums, you go through them and they're just like songs thrown on top of each other, right? So, next, this is his first single that really got him out. This is what people consider him now as dance hall favorite since his 2012 release, "Long Way From Home." And I swear to you guys, if you listen to this track, you would honestly hear the Waylon in this like it has the beat it has the Waylon voice it has the Waylon tone that Rambler song back in the outlaw days this song is it and like his voice is just 
iconic with it. It's it's weird because you could honestly be like, close your eyes, transport yourself back in the day, and you listen to this, and you'd be like, yes, this would be on the radio. And honestly, could consider a Waylon track if you know. I don't know. You can't really say that you could ever replicate Waylon Jennings' voice, but I feel like this is about as close as you can get without being absolutely kin to him, right? Like a Hank Senior, Junior, Hank the Third. All right, Whiskey 2014 version. So he re-released it as a single. And I said the added instrumentals really add to the tone of song. I know, right? Shocker. But the violin, right, and the fiddle, that just put it up another tier for me. Like I like the raw recording, right? Version. Man. Woo-wee. Very nice. Outlaw thing, 2016. So this is like the birth of the outlaw movement. It's talking about how it originated, right? That and I would love to do a podcast on that. Like talk about how the outlaw movement started. And this song would be a good baseline for that. And it also has that outlaw beat. So, you know, it's kinda got that eighties, seventies beat to it. I would say early eighties of course. And uh yeah, I would I was really into the song and then it talks about later about how he how he is also on that outlaw movement still to this day. We get to the first album, his true first album, not an EP. It's called Hello Lonesome. It was released in 2018. It has an interesting start, right? An interesting element. There's a track called Miss Call, and it's essentially a Miss Call. Like, and it's got like the default Apple ring, you know what I'm talking about? And it's just got like this voicemail, right? And he's like, hey, just call me back or whatever. And then it transitions to the next song. So it'd be I said it'll be interesting to see how it plays out through the album, and then Hello Lonesome hits, title track, right? First song, true song, banger. It's about being lonesome and depressed, and they're always catching up to you. Like Even when you're having those good days, when you're high on that mountain, eventually just circle back and be like, yo, life still sucks. You may be having a good time now, but life still sucks, and it still kicks you. And honestly, that's very relatable because life always has that depressive times. And sometimes you'll be on the highest of highs, and then the lowest of lows just comes and hits you right in the face. So I thought that was a very insightful track. And then right after that, another lonesome track, right? Another track that encompasses that is Loneliness is My Only Friend. So this is talking about how the rambling lifestyle on the road and touring, you're always out and about, you're away from home, you're away from your kids, your wife. You're just trying to get by, and you feel alone. So there's that loneliness, right? So the loneliness and feeling alone must be the only norm, right, other than you know constantly going on tour. And that also brings up an element of, I feel like, where I talked in the last episode about how we are there to help support them at the concerts. It also makes them feel less alone, right? They that they've traveled all this way, if we show up for them, they're like, okay, I don't feel so alone up here on stage because I have people singing my music, knowing my music. So you have The Rooster as the next song, and it's a very thought-provoking song and story about this rooster, like, on top of the barn, right? Right, Rooster. It's a very thought-provoking story about one of the roosters that you usually see on a barn, like in cartoons and movies and stuff. It's got the wind gauge where it essentially goes like, oh, the wind's coming from this area, north, south, east, west. And it talks about how this farm goes from being complete rural 
to just being completely leveled. It's bought, it's sold, it's gotten rid of, and it shows the progression of civilization, right? The uh, essentially keeping up with the Joneses and stuff, and how it mirrors the dissolving of like the farms, the rule, the country roots and stuff. And honestly, it could also be considered, if you really wanted it to be, a metaphor for like how country music has gone from like rule country to progress to what it is now, right? More civilization, like more uh, push towards our current generation, which is more like pop and country. That version, of, so it could be a metaphor for that as well. I it, I guess that depends on your definition or your thoughts on the matter. So when I'm sober, it's kind of like a very heartbreaking song about all that. It's extremely upbeat, so it like counterproducts itself in regards to uh, what you would expect. But the song essentially means that there's this huge turmoil in this relationship, and it seems like the only way that the artist or the singer or yourself finds a way to actually love the significant other in the story is him being absolutely plastered like it's when they are at their best is when he's not even truly there which is very sad to think about but honestly there's a lot of people out there like that and it's a very relatable song for most home safely so this is another cell phone track that's thrown in the middle and it's about that person that's called him and essentially has that missed call he calls him again there's another missed call and he says, hey, man, I got there safely or whatever. Then In My Dream sits after that. And it's like building up that perfect world in your mind and dreams. Like everything is right in your dreams. And reality is there. And it's like trying to keep us down. So you're like, I'd rather just be dreaming and being away from everything, right? I don't want to be in real life. My dreams are like my best place right now. So that's another cool track. Tell me everything's all right. A song that when you're on the break of something, you know, think, you know, that relationship, whatever it is, that crucial point where you're like, all right, listen, I'm gone. Like I'm done. I can't do it anymore. Or I'll stay and we're gonna work things out. There's that in between. No more. It is going one way. It's like screw it. I'm done. Or let's do this. Let's work on it. Let's make it better. Right. And there's so many times in life where you're at that point. And there's a lot of pe- a lot of people that tend to go with the more positive side, right? But there are also people that like say, screw it, we're done, and this ain't going to work out. So that's a pretty cool song for, you know, this album because most of it is heartbreak. In My Dreams, really, if you think about it, it's the only song in the middle of all this sadness where it's like, okay, that's pretty cool, but it's also still got that sadness element into it so this album is progressively just very like dull and i don't mean dull and like boring i mean dull like and like gloomy moody it's like that album where you're like man i can relate to everything that's going on in this and then you hit with my oh my and this is just taking care of eating the old-fashioned way it's a really twisted story right it's it's really i wouldn't even so you can see the viewpoint of the person in the story but yet it is very sickly right um and the line that hits me the most is i dropped her off where the river runs i know they'll never find her man that just gives me chills like whoo like yo 
that start. And it really does, like, show that progression of the album. Like, you start really gloomy, moody, 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 and this is, like, the climax, right? This is where it's, like, dang. That's that big turning point, and not the turning point of, like, yo, we're on the uphill climb. This is, like, boom, we've hit that low point. And it just really hits really well in the middle of the album. So, Forgotten Son, I said it's another killer song about how essentially the son has grew up without his father and his mother in his life. His mother being essentially addicted to whatever drug that she's on and her his dad being away. So, you could be like, for instance, like for Mr. McQuaid, you could do it like because he's an artist and he's always away from home. Or you could do it from your viewpoint if you were an artist and you're always away from home. Or on the flip side of that, if you're always out on the road like a trucker, just workers, construction workers, uh, EMTs, police officers, even people like, you know, that go overseas, man, veterans. This would be kind of an interesting song that could go for about anybody. But the initial line about how the mom is lost how he lost his mom I was like okay so she died and then the next line says no she still lives it's just drugs he lost his mom to drugs I'm like dude that's wow so the next song is called you don't cheat fair and this is about being in love with someone who is cheating but you just can't find that will to let go of them because you love them right you love them so much but you know that something's going on so therefore it's not fair for you, you know. You you can't you can't escape. And this may not be necessarily in marriage or even like when you're in the dating phase. This could be before like you're going out with somebody and then they're going out with somebody else. So this is related to a whole audience. Silver buttons. Oh man. So this is a very close song for Casper. I I looked up a lot of the songs, and this one was one that. He talks about how it's his grandfather and how his grandfather was a, a, a veteran of Vietnam. And the soul in this song is very evident. It kind of mirrors that 2010 album. And I really love the part of the song where he's talking about how he should only raise his voice in this house every once in a while. And he actually raises his voice like the the – the tone of the voice, like the, he goes higher, he goes higher notes with it. It, man, it's just really cool. It's a really cool mirror of that. And then Safe and Sound is the last track on this album. And I would say this is kind of where I got lost, right? Safe and Sound is the ending of the call, essentially through the album. You have like the three tracks. You got, you know, I'm good. I remember way home, safe and sound. We got home safe and sound, right? The last ending of this call, which was good. So it, it circled it all the way around. But then there is a good four and a half minutes of just silence. There's nothing there. And it may have been an error in production, or it could have been on purpose. We don't know. And then it has this little track with like two minutes left in the song. I love the song, though. And there's I, – I don't know if it's safe and sound like the song or it's just added because there's like – for instance, in Cody Jinx's – I think it's the 30 album. At the very end of the 30 album, he sings the song alone. He sings the song alone, and then 
a good 30 seconds of space, just white noise, black noise, nothing there, right? And then another song hits. And it's not technically a title song. It has no title. There's nothing there. So it might be the same thing, but I don't know. It just kind of confused me. However, the song is very upbeat and it has that killer strumming, very old school. And I honestly said it had like an Aaron Lewis stain vibe to it, right? It's Wedding for Love, but you're also getting to that breaking point. And I don't mean that as a stab by saying he was like had that stain vibe because I love stained. Where Aaron Lewis is now country and hearing his voice. I don't know. It's just uh, – it just struck me as like a stain vibe, and I really enjoyed it, and I feel like it was a great way to finish the album. It's just that space in between where I was kind of confused, and I don't necessarily – I'm not like that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. I just want to know about it. I just want to learn about it. All right, next track is called Poor Man's Christmas, right? Poor Man's Christmas. It was released in 2020. So you knew my gripes about Christmas music when it came to the Josh Turner album. I don't really like Christmas music that much. However, this song, Poor Kid's Christmas, I absolutely could get into. This is why I think Christmas music – you know, why I don't really like it because you got Here Comes Santa Claus, Here Comes Santa Claus, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells. Like Holy Night. That's fine because that actually has like the meaning of Christmas behind it, like the true meaning of Christmas if you believe in Christianity and everything. But this song, right? Oh my gosh. It's about cherishing the ones that you love, that you are close to, enjoying the times to them because you never know what you have left. And honestly, that's how I've always viewed Christmas. I've never really been like, oh, I didn't get this many gifts. Oh, I didn't get this, this, and this. I've always been like… This is time for me to spend time with my family while we've been away from each other for the whole year doing whatever we've been doing and being away to seeing everybody and be like, hey, man, how's it going? Congratulations on your promotion. I'm so sorry about what happened to your dog. You actually get to catch up. You feel that love. So this Christmas song, I would put it on my top tier Christmas song, so just, just throwing that out there. All right, we're getting to the big boy, right? Unraveled 2020, the latest release of Mr. McWade. So we have Unraveled, the title track, and this is the full version, right? So one thing that stands out to me in the song, and this is kind of a funny little thing. So initially, I thought the line said, day passes like albums. And for some instance, for some reason, right, I loved it like that. I loved it because I was like, you know, albums, they go by so quick when you're enjoying them. In other days, they go by slow, right? You know? So I thought it would have been – it's kind of like a cool opinionated thing. But the actual is day passes like hours, which is also really well done and on top of that and makes sense for the song. So loyalty, right, is very hard to keep up with when it comes to love. And this song is kind of a summary of that, like knowing that something is going on, right? But you just you, – you're like to the point where you're like, I don't even really want to acknowledge it because, I mean, like, dude, 
I love this person. Why? What? What is going on? It's I can't. It's, it's hard to deal with. It's hard to cope with, right? So whipping boys the next track. It's about being hit around in life. You're being thrown around. You're always that fall man, right? You're always boosting other people up, and you're always getting slapped in the face. And that's like the typical like take this job and shove it kind of stuff, right? You you've been taking so much. You're getting hit around. It doesn't matter if it's you know, in your actual life, love life, where you're getting hit in regards to, like, financially in your job or whatever. There's so many aspects where you can look at Whipping Boy and be like, yo, this has happened to me here, 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 here. That relatability, right? So this is a really cool track. The Eagle. So you got, like, the metaphor, right? The bald eagle doesn't conform for anyone, and Casper does never – Casper never conforms in his music. He's always him. However, like the song actually talks about the struggles of being on the road and the reality that we don't actually see. Um, this is kind of like Cody's Becky song, right? We truly don't know what's going on behind the mirror, you know? It's like that uh, whole thing from we don't actually know who he is till he's revealed, right? We don't know that. We don't know the true person. What's going on through that person's life? What he's dealing with? What what he's fighting? Right. So I I thought this was a really cool track, especially because of the metaphor at the beginning. The rest. So this is like kind of like in my dreams esque, and I thought this was really strong. He's talking about how he doesn't really want to fall asleep, right? Because he's haunted. He's haunted so much by this woman. In his dreams. Like he doesn't want to because he knows he doesn't want to see him. So therefore he is wanting to stay awake so he doesn't have to see this woman. And this could be because this woman broke his heart, ran, ran off on somebody else, or this woman could have passed away fairly on, right? He rather drank himself to death than fall asleep and see her face. And that way he could actually get the rest by essentially killing himself through the consumption of whiskey, beer, alcohol, drugs, whatever. Talk about powerful. That way he cannot just get the physical rest of sleeping, but the rest from his memory. The rest from her memory. Wow. And that's why I like Mr. McWade's music so much is because it doesn't just have that initial meaning. It also could have that deeper meaning or multiple meanings right so this is the song where i found mr mcquade don't follow right so i i looked up this song because this song is often debated the initial version is allison changes version um and there's like two ways you can look at it addiction slash depression and suicide, right? It's often debated upon the Allison Chains fanhood, this the cult of Allison Chains, because Allison Chains is one of the most popular bands of their time, right? This song is beautiful, and it doesn't matter what side and what way you're looking at it. Their cover does such a justice, right? And you may be like, what do you mean by their cover? Mr. McWade is joined by Cody Jinks, his friend, and they do an absolute killer track. 
this song, man, it's so powerful, the vocals. But do everybody in your family the favor and share this song and show this song, especially people that you know that are rockheads or metalheads. This song and see how they are shocked about how well these two killed this cover. People online talk about, yo, I'm usually against anybody covering Alice in Chains, but you guys killed it. And if you know you can get fans of Alice in Chains to say that, you've done something right. Now this song next, man, I'm going to do my best not to get emotional with this song because this song means so much to me. It's called Chasing the Light. It literally puts me on the verge of bawling every time I hear it, right? And I've heard it so many times. It's actually on my uh, playlist on Spotify. I used to wear a necklace, one of the Spotify necklaces, and it has like a playlist of my life, right? Songs that are about my life or what I've experienced in life, what I want to experience in life. My necklace actually broke, so I'm having to, the pendant I still have, but I need a new necklace to put it on. And this song is on there. And gosh, man. This song reminds me so much of my grandpa, especially the line about how. The line about how he made me the man that I am today. I was around my grandpa so much. Everybody that knows me knows how close I was to my grandpa. During my college days, I would sit out in 20-degree weather in shorts and shirt. Now, that may, that was a choice on my part when he would call me because I wouldn't like to sit up there and talk in my uh, my dorm room because the walls were really thin. I don't like – I don't really like irritating people, so I'd walk down and sit in the freezing cold. And I would lose track with talking with him. I would talk to him for hours. And he was a veteran. Um, Fifteen years, uh, he drove me to school and back because I was afraid to drive during high school, which is a whole different – it's a whole different story in itself, right? And he had a very rare lung condition. Um and this lung condition may or may not have been brought on by his time in the army in Germany, not during not World War Two or World War One, during the Vietnam era, when that was going on, he was doing fuel tank runs from Germany. A whole bunch of cool stories that I've gotten through him through that. And uh, he got this lung disease, and he essentially just man, he started fading. But he lived so long, he outlived expectations so much. People would give him five, ten years, and he would just keep fighting. He would always say he was too stubborn to die. God, I believed him, man. I really did. And uh, uh, the song reminds me so much of him because that day that I last really got to talk to him before he was – not himself because his body started to shut down from all the drugs that he's been taking to deal with him. He's been prescribed to doctors and stuff. Essentially, they eventually just shut down the liver, and then, you know, if you have one body organ that goes down, the rest of the body goes down with it, and then eventually you start losing your mind and stuff. Um, the last time that I got to see him, my hero – is I had to come drive to his house and literally pick him out of the floor because he fell down. 
And, you know, this is something that still eats me up to this day. And like the lines say in the song, the things that I didn't say, I helped him pick him up. And I got him to helped him get to the car before he went to the hospital. And I didn't stop and say, man, hey, Pa, I love you. I hope everything's okay. I didn't say anything like that. I sat there on that carport, and I saluted him as he drove off. And I regret that every single day of my life. But I know he loved me, and I know he knew I loved him. I adored him. I would spend so much time with him. And, uh. I'm not trying to cry on here or tell you my sob story, but I'm just telling you guys that this song, this is what country music is supposed to do. It's supposed to make you feel. It's supposed to relate. And if you've ever lost somebody that you truly care about, that you're really close to, listen to this song and try not to cry. You're more of a man than I am. All right, taking on a run. This is a cover. And this is especially talking about how a cheating lady who's basically running around, he's saying, hey, man, I don't want you if you want to keep doing this. And initially he had that denial, right? And then he's telling himself to he's going to get out of this life. And you could also say for the current age, you could use this as the friend zone too, like someone running around on you even though you may not be dating them, but you like friend zone and they're running around with somebody else that still hurts you. I could relate to this song a lot here lately. Whew, I'm trying not to cry. Trying not to cry. Be strong. Be strong. <laughs> a Good Night Kiss. This is a very nice love song. I actually love the visuals in the song. The words. Are talking like You can actually picture what's going on. I can't do justice for it. Talking about what you could picture in the song. So go listen to it for sure. Whiskey Bent and Jail Bound. So I, of course... Whiskey Bent, I always think of Hank Williams Jr., right? Um, so this song is about how a man's life kind of goes haywire, just can't escape his criminal ways, his drugs, his past, right? And it, whenever he gets out, he's kind of stuck in that cycle that most people are stuck in. There's a YouTuber named uh, Larry Lawton. He was one of the most famous gym fees in the United States. And he talks about like the halfway houses and stuff and about how most criminals – Go back to criminal life because when they get back in the world, either A, no one will hire them, B, no one will give them a chance to do anything, or C, they just kind of fall back into their old ways and drugs and stuff, drugs, selling drugs, whatever got them into it in the first place, right? That is kind of the encompassing thing. I mean like, hey, it's hard to get out of the lifestyle once you're in it, and this song kind of sums that up. Change is almost essentially – impossible for them it is possible and there's a lot of people that do change but it seems for a majority it is impossible all right unraveled this is the acoustic or slash unplugged version hits that 2010 vibe of the ep i actually love this version of the song more because of the less instrumentals and more vocals i'm gonna be straight up honest with you guys i love the shredding of guitars i love a good Fiddle solo, as you can tell from the new intro, which we'll talk about more in the next episode. I love me some instrumentals when they're done the right way, but if there's one thing for me that carries anything, it's that voice. It's that soul. It's that feeling in the voice that really hits me. 
true. He has an amazing voice. For what he sings and what he does, it brings in the right elements. But this like sets him aside where you can listen to that voice and you can truly appreciate it for what it is. And that's what I want to say about it. Also, I forgot the female that is in the song. It's Sarah something. She does an amazing job as well, so I will shout out her in the Unraveled Acoustic Unplugged version as well. Friends, now this song hits so much different for me now. When I initially heard this on the album, I had friends that have done this in the past, but the last year I've related to the song. So this song is essentially like vampires, man. It's realizing that people that have soaked in all your time, your attention, your money, and will ask for more and more and more and never return a dang thing, not anything for you. They wouldn't bend over at all for you. They wouldn't even help you pick something up that you dropped. They would just sit there and laugh at you while you picked it up. My favorite visualization of this song, right, is the pissing on the leg, right? How someone will shake your hand, look you in the eye, and pursue to piss on you, soak you, and then try to act like everything's all right. Like, bro, that imagery that's amazing and that's what mr mcwade brings in so well to everything that he does is that visualization where you can close your eyes and you can dream about it you can think about it you can see it and you can feel it more importantly so i've talked about mr mcwade before on the podcast but i would really like to say how much this album in general has influenced me. I like his whole catalog, and I cannot wait to see what him and Mr. Thompson create. And I've reached out to him, and I said I would love to have you on the podcast and talk about it. But here's the thing, right? We always rate the albums, the discography. So the discovery of Mr. McWade listening to his albums is a straight 10 out of 10, right? In my opinion, you discover so much, and it's one of those things where I listen to all the songs, and there's not a song where I'm like, man, I don't relate to this. I don't feel this right. Every single song that I've heard from him and I've discovered from him, I can relate to. That's a straight 10 out of 10 for me. Organization on these albums, so there's not much love or anything in these albums. There's there is the love, but there's essentially more centered around the heartbreak. There's no like good love song. Like a good night's kiss is one of those things that really holds out and is by itself. So the organizational style, there's really not much to organize, so therefore it's all clean. So again, another ten out of ten. I cannot complain about anything. The layering of the album essentially itself is fantastic. I have no complaints. The instrumentals, right? The uh, the sound, the country sound, that's a 10 out of 10. I just hit something on my desk. I'm really getting into this. I'm using my hands. I'm over here like, amen, brother. <laughs> 10 out of 10 because the instrumentals fit country music and what it is, the principles, the policies, the everything. The lyrical elements, everything just fits it so well. Originality, right? 10 out of 10. There's literally nothing that I can say negative about Casper's music. 
would I like a little bit more variety in the albums? Absolutely I would, and I cannot wait because I feel like the next album is going to do that. It, his different elements and what he can truly bring to the table, and I cannot wait. I am so ready for that, and I actually learned about that because I am an initial Patreon for his uh, his music. He released a a uh, a Patreon system, and then now he has a new one for his new album because there's so much cost and stuff that goes on to new albums, especially for somebody that's fairly new and doesn't have that backing financially. Like I talked about in the previous album, how to support them. He has a way to support him. Please check out his website, and I will get you the website right now. I will pick my phone up and look at it. Right, I'm looking up right now. It's Casper McQuaid Music, so CasperMcQuaidMusic.com. And then you'll go to the three lines on the top if you're on uh, Safari or, I guess, Google Chrome. Go to New Album Campaign. And there's so many tiers. There's so many things that you can do. And I know it can be a lot of money. It can be it can be something. But even that five dollars, if a thousand people donate five hundred or five hundred thousand people donate five hundred dollars, you ain't gonna have to worry about much. <laughs> but if you donate two to five dollars to the album and a hundred people do that, right? That's five hundred dollars. Imagine if a thousand people did it. That's five thousand dollars. That's reaching the goal really quick. So therefore, just support him in any way you can. And there's benefits that you get out of it. There's really cool coats and jackets and guitars, autographed guitars, posters and stuff, vinyl, brand new vinyl that he's gonna get, CDs, autographs. I mean, there's so much coolness that you can get out of this and I would highly recommend that you sign up and you look at them and like I said there might be a chance there might be a chance I can get him on here and let him talk about not just this new campaign and his new music and what he really wants to feel fulfilled to do but also get to hear his origin story from his perspective and hear what he has to say about the current state of country music and how him neo-traditional Country stars are really trying to pave the way and do things the right way, not the popular way, the right way, and hoping that they can make their way through life and support themselves. And one thing that I truly want to ask any artist that does follow this traditional style, so of course we have the encompassing question of what is country music, and that's such a loaded question right there's so much that can go with that the second question that i have for like somebody of his caliber is why can't people like cody ward yourself get into the point of being like chris stapleton who is i mean if there's anything on country radio chris stapleton is old school country music how can he flourish while other people get left in the dust and it's not because he don't dog nashville because he dogs nashville in his songs you know is it like a a policy thing is it like how they look how how uh, they hold themselves as an artist is it what is it what's that difference right 
So this is actually, I think, fairly long. I think it's almost as long as the Josh Turner discography, and there's a lot less to go through. But I actually sat here and took the time to analyze and talk about his music. Please go to his song, Chasing the Light, on his Unraveled album and listen to it and try not to bawl your eyes out. You will become a fan immediately. And there's no way, there's no way that you can't be. So, I appreciate all you guys being on here and about hearing me break down. (laughs) And I will see you guys in the next episode. You take care. And as always, you keep that country music alive, baby. See you later. Peace out.